fast, efficient and affordable business-grade hosting solutions, domain registration, SSL certificates and more. We also monitor and provide website security and update services, website builds, email hosting amongst other sensational products. If you have a question about your web page or your presence on the internet in general, no job is too big or too small. Visit our website today or better yet, contact us at blueoceanwebhosting.com.au and leave your website issues to us. Big ones, little ones, fiddly ones, powerful ones. The ones for the car or the truck, caravan, boat, mobility scooter, solar system. In fact, for any kind of battery, go straight to Battery Central Ipswich. They'll even help you when you know what you need to power but have no idea what'll do the job. Battery Central Ipswich, 280 Brisbane Street, West Ipswich, behind the yellow building. Expert advice, better batteries, best prices, every day. That's Battery Central Ipswich. Welcome to episode 740 of Aussie Tech Heads. I'm Jason Oakley and this is Will Tompkinson. Hey, Will. Hey, mate. How is it going, sir? It is, thank you. I put on this shirt again, which I somehow only wear on Thursdays, which is a terrible idea because the well, green screen shows up on it. You just put it in your Wednesday drawer. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I've got enough in there. Some of them are empty now, so I could fit something in there. Yeah. With the Wednesday, I've got the boxes that I've got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and stuff on the band of it, so I know which one to wear. Sometimes I, I don't wear them on the day that I'm supposed to. I, I uh, used and to have those too, and you get really confused. If you get in the habit of wearing them on the right day and then you don't all of a sudden, it, yeah. it really messes you up. <laughs> <laughs> Your data starts wrong and it's just... What's going on? Why is this happening Cats to me? Cats will be sleeping with dogs while it's gone topsy-turvy. <laughs> oh, dear. <sighs> so, yeah, weather crazy again. Um, today, I had the whole house open and I was sweating and... Had t-shirt and shorts on, and then this afternoon I went to the shop to get some takeaway, and I put on jeans and a jacket. Now yeah. I've got the air conditioner on in here to cool it down. So. Oh, it's so weird. I don't know. I mean, so what are we officially the second day or first day? No, what's the date? Second, second day year. of spring. Second day of spring. Spring it, has sprung. I swear it's gone from winter to summer. Yeah. Well, we just had thirty degree day or whatever it was today. Yeah, we had twenty-two degree night or something the other night last night, and and storms. Yeah, like it's summer again. It's like <laughs> <laughs> instant switch like that. Oh. <clears throat> People would go, you know, the 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 real world doesn't work exactly to calendars. You're like, well, <laughs> you say that. It's funny you mention that, yeah. <laughs> but in reality, yes, it did. Although. Yeah. Sunday and Monday is supposed to be pouring rain, so it'll probably be cooler then, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't Wonder know. What the yeah. temperatures and weather's going to be like for the rest of the week. 23 today, 24, 25, then 18, 19 for the rainy days. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, it's just been weird. I, I, everything about the last few weeks has been weird. The weather, the... <laughs> Just everything. <laughs> but Mr. T has some good news. I do. He's moving. Moving on up. Um, yeah, we're moving our shop, which we've been trying to do for a while. We finally got the okay. So we're moving from the complex. We're at the back of the complex. And we're moving right to the front. So we'll have better 
uh, street front exposure and stuff like that. So no big yellow building everybody will see for miles. That's it. We got in there today actually. Finally got the keys and uh, had a look around. My bed. That that's very big. It's much bigger than <laughs> I remember it being. You're gonna get it filled. <laughs> oh, I will. I'll I'll, I'll figure something to do with it. Yeah. I'm sure there'll be room. <laughs> Plenty of room for activities. I'll open up a roller skating rink and. In the back room, you can uh, put your car up on a jack and do some work on it. Put, you know, set up an old retro arcade in there, and yeah, now you're talking. <laughs> have some pinball machines. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but... my favourite was um, Fun House, and second favourite was um, Adam's Family. Yeah, but I also like Terminator. That was a good one. Adam's Family, Terminator. Simpsons was one of my favourites. I didn't like the Back to the Future one only because it wasn't licensed. Oh, okay. It didn't have their actual voices. So that used to annoy me. Um, I liked a few pinball machines, but I used to work... <coughs> I think what killed it for me was when I was working in the arcade, I used to be the one who was repairing pinball machines all the time. Yeah. And so it's what were some of my favourite ones, so I quickly grew to hate. <laughs> <laughs> like the Guns and Roses one. It was a gorgeous machine, but in terms of reliability, it was appalling. It was forever repairing that machine. Oh, jeez. The, the Terminator, the launch cannon on the Terminator one, it was always failing. Yep. Um, the Adams Family, the magnet underneath that grabbed the ball and threw the ball around. That That's would, the fun. That would always die. Like, it was uh. just, the things that made them good were the failure points. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, so frustrating. I used to spend... Sometimes I'd spend more time repairing them than I'd spend playing them. Yeah. So. A couple of years ago, I went to the Newcastle Pin Fest and they just had all the pinball machines from like the really early ones that had rubber bands and the yep. counter that spun around. Yeah, mechanical ones, yeah. Yeah, mechanical ones all the way up to the latest digital ones and stuff. Yep. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, lot, lots, lots, lots of people there though. I need to do this. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people there, and um, so it took a long time to get a turn. Sometimes you had to wait like half an hour per pinball machine to try and get a game. That was the problem I had a couple of years ago. They had the um, what they call it, Penny Arcade or whatever it was. Yep. They bought it into the entertainment center or the performing arts center or something. And um, yeah, there was so many people in there. You 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 really couldn't play. Like I probably played, you know, maybe all up ten or fifteen minutes. Yeah. Because there's just so many people, and you couldn't get onto a machine. And when you did, especially with something you never played before, they were pushing people through that quick. You'd only get one life, you know. So if it's something you never played, you'd be on it for fifteen seconds, and they'd boot yep. you off. And it's like, well. I thought I actually thought that was what it was going to be. You have one ball, and then you go to the next machine, and then these guys are going extra balls, and then they lose out, and then start again. And I'm like, "Hang on, when do the rest of us get to go?" Mm. They're like, "Well, we get it's it's still got three balls to go." I'm yeah. like, "Ah, oh, serious? We have to." So we yeah stood there because it was one of the ones that I really wanted to play. But yeah, it was like 30, 40 minutes before I could play it. And then I had my goes. So then I'm like, well, I guess that's everybody gets to have the three, which is normal. But it can be even more annoying because it just makes more people wait longer. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, I get it. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I'm not. There's nothing I can do about it. I mean, when you've no. got such a demand for a thing and you've only got such limited space and limited, you know. I didn't but, know it um, would be that popular. There was hundreds of machines yeah, there. It really is, eh? It's nuts. Yeah. It's surprising just how just how popular the. If rest it had been Sydney, yeah, but Newcastle, I guess everyone came from Sydney because it's only a couple yeah. hours up the road. So that's right. People will travel for something they enjoy. And it was at a, um, I suppose you'd call it a tavern. Yeah. They had a lot of spare rooms, so they jammed it with all these machines. But it was, it was a good day out anyway. Uh, we only stayed for a while and my daughter had a go on a few of the machines because she's not played a lot of pinball, so she had some fun there too. But in the end, we're both like, oh, we've had enough dealing with other peopleness. Let's go home. Yeah, that's the problem with it, isn't it? Um, <clears throat> and I, the other thing too, I noticed what they do with the pinball machines because they're trying to push people through quicker. They'll set them onto expert mode, which basically means they put it more of a tilt on the... Oh, okay. So when you first get a when you first get a uh, pinball machine in, a lot of the arcade games are the same. There's, there's different difficulty settings. When you first get them in to get people addicted to them, to get people to play them, you put them on their easiest setting. So on a pinball machine, that's basically flattening the table out quite a bit, so the ball's a lot slower. Yep. And then as it becomes more and more popular, and people get better and better at it, you increase the difficulty so that um, get more money through and more play, people through. Yeah. So. When you're trying to push people through really quickly, you put everything on to expert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know. So. You do that like, uh, you know, the weekend's going to be busy, so you go around all the machines before the place opens and switch them all over to expert. And then yeah. for Monday or Tuesday when nobody's turning up much, you put it back on easy again. Yep, that's exactly what we used to do. Or when we wow. had um, free play sessions, like yep. you'd pay you 20 bucks and you'd get, you know, four hours of unlimited gaming. The same thing, everything be set to expert because you're trying to get as many people to rotate through the games as you can. Oh, right. So, and then once, yeah, you drop them back to their easy settings again. Um, well, we've had a private party where, you, you know, you, if you get 20 or 30 people that hire the arcade out for yep. half a day, and if that's the case, you put everything on easy because you don't want them to be stressed and, you know. Yeah, you want to have a good so, time. Well, I, I'm I'm much better at this game than I remember. <laughs> oh, guys, look at this! My score is so high. Come back two days later. How come I can't get the same? Score? That's that's me bowling, but I know the bowling alley doesn't tilt. No, no, it does feel like a tilt times though. <laughs> but yeah, sometimes I'll go. Oh well, I've got like two hundred and something. Come back two days later, eighty. Well, it's not entirely yeah. true. They do have different weighted pins. All right. Yeah. So they do. They have different weighted pins to with whether or not they use them uh, for competition. They usually use heavy pins, and for private, they usually use lighter pins. But they can select what pins they want to put in there. And, All uh, right. On a really busy night, sometimes you'll get one of the end lanes, and usually, like the f the one or two lanes at each end are usually reserved for the experts. Yep. yep. But if they're really busy, they'll open those up, and you'll have a horrible night if you're not used to bowling with heavy pins. <laughs> you bowl dead center straight down the center and you got it and you got it and you got and then you end up with a with a you know split. seven ten split and you're like how because <laughs> <laughs> the pins are just too heavy and don't fall over oh so, see all these secret behind the scenes stuff but um man you worked in so many cool places oh uh, yeah well the arcade and the bowling alley were attached so uh -huh. I, I actually spent a lot more time out the back of the bowling alley than i did in the bowling alley at did a lot of the arcade stuff that was in there. 
Um, but so I was, when when something goes wrong and we press the button out the front, you're the one out the back who gets the ding dong. Pretty much, yeah. Oh, go fix the that's, thing. That's basically what happens. You look through there. Oh no, everything's fine. It's just them bloody kids pressing the button again. Or if you yeah, you get someone who's pissing you off because they're slamming balls down the ding, gutters ding, all the time ding. and the shit's bouncing around the gutter. Yeah. You'll um. Yeah, <laughs> you can do some things to make the pins harder to drop. <laughs> <laughs> you get some cocky guy turning up there. Trying to impress his girl. Watch this. We'll switch over to the heavy pins. He'll well, be such a loser. Not, not even that. You can even do something as simple as the pin spacing. You've got to move where the pins. The machine grabs them and holds them into the into the configuration, then drops them. Yep. Well, you can change where it holds how far away it puts the pins. Oh, okay. So even doing something as simple as moving them ten mil towards each other or ten mil apart from each other can have a huge effect on how they behave. Right. So if you, get, if you get the kids and you put on the bumper lanes, they might push them all together. together and yeah. All the kids, oh, our kids, so great! He got a ten strikes in a row. Yep. Or you get your mate who comes in as a competition bowler and he gives you the shits because he brags about it all the time. You change your pins every time you rack them. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. I swear that was a, a certain strike. So that was a really weird configuration we had. Actually, they had, yeah, they had the bowling alley have the bowling alley like normally you have when you walk in you got all your arcade games and stuff and yep. you got like the counter then you got you know the bowling alley and the balls and all that at the front this one kind of had you'd walk in it had the counter where you'd go to and then you'd pay for your games and stuff and you sort of have to walk right down and like right down one side to get to the arcade Yep. And then if you wanted to get food, you'd have to walk all the way back up around behind the bowling alley right down the other side to get to the... jeez. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it was a really, really Make bad it the layout. most annoyingest oh, place. It, was, it really was. <laughs> and, you know, and even to, like, we had a um, a guy there who you could buy, like, had a pro shop there. You could buy proper stuff, and the guy there had engraved balls and polished balls and build them and fix them and all that sort of stuff. And he's like, he's, yeah, like... He's next to the the ca- the cafeteria, but he's like between the cafeteria and the desk that you hire stuff from, and yeah, it's just the silliest layout. <laughs> Good fun though. Yep, yep. Great play. How long did you work there? Uh, on and off, probably five years. Wow, that's pretty cool. Um, I spent 90% of my time. It was only. Like when I was at the bowling alley part of it, I was mostly at the back. Yep. But I spent like 90% of my time at the arcade part because they couldn't get anybody who could repair machines. Yep. Even though that wasn't my job. I was <laughs> just a cleaning bitch. was my pay grade. Yep. <laughs> Still got all the cool jobs. I One thing I, to this day, I despise doing is cleaning a pinball machine. Yeah. The amount of... The the effort versus reward ratio does not make sense. <laughs> no. It can take you to clean a pinball machine properly that's a heavy being in heavy service, you'll give it a quick clean, you pull the glass off every day, you'll give it a quick wipe down. But once a month it can take you two days. Jeez. To completely have the thing completely down off out of commission for two days to completely clean it. Yeah. It's there there's a lot of work in, in some of them. Wow. So fiddly and uh yeah. So where do you do that? You can't move it out the back to clean that. 
Oh, you can. Yeah, you put them, uh, on, do- put them on a dolly. You'll normally, you'll normally take it out of service and replace it with something else. Yep. Um, there's some games you couldn't... Some of the really big, um, like driving games or shooting Daytona. games... That were just too big. You'd just have to pull that one out of service and do it on site. Yep. But for most of them, you'd try and swap something back in if you're taking yep. something out. Um, He's reminding me of Wreck-It <clears throat> Ralph. Yeah. We got out of service. It was <laughs> like, like my that. nana. You'd try to take if something goes does fail. You would try to take it off the floor and replace it with something. Yep. Um, you'd always try and have only functioning stuff on the floor. Um, always got spare stuff ready to go. Yeah, but then something stupid would happen. Like you'd you'd lose like five machines for no apparent reason. They'd just yep. stop working. You just that all that whole wall would lose power. Wow. And you're like, why? <laughs> <laughs> just just randomly like stuff like it'd be stupid stuff that had happened um we had an entire row of um uh wasn't Daytona what was it it was what's that a Sega Rally 2 actually but the entire row of machines like I only had eight machines linked yep and the degausing circuit failed in every single one of them at the same time holy cow how? The, How does that what happen? What are the odds of that? <laughs> um, turns out, to save money, they piggybacked all the degaussing circuits off one unit and they're firing firing the unit sequentially to fire eight, the eight different screens and clean the eight screens. So this one, this circuit that's designed to fire once a day to do one screen was firing eight times a day. And failed. So it failed in like six months instead of ten years. And then didn't fire any of them. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just stupid stuff like that, you know. Um, Don't have that problem these days. And then you find stuff like Mortal Kombat was one of the first arcade machines to use a CD. Yeah. It actually had stored data on a, or I don't know if it was a CD or a DVD, I can't remember. But yeah, it, it because it required so much data because it had such high graphic cutscenes and yep. end scenes, all that stuff was kept on the on the disc. Wow. So, <laughs> uh, fun times. Fun That's times. nuts. Anyway. Ah, should we do some news? Um, should we do some news? I don't know. Should we? Twitter's latest beta update introduces support for providing content creators with Bitcoin tips using the tip jar feature that Twitter announced earlier this year. Bitcoin isn't available yet to select as an tip option for beta users, but code in the beta suggests Twitter is in the process of rolling it out. When the tip jar was first introduced, Twitter allowed users to add Bandcamp, Cash App, Patreon, PayPal, and Venmo links to their Twitter profile, but soon there'll be a Bitcoin option. The addition of a Bitcoin tipping option comes after Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey told investors in July that Bitcoin was important to the company and would be coming to the tip jar in the future. Details in the latest Twitter beta indicate that users will be directed through a Bitcoin tutorial that includes details on the Bitcoin Lightning Network and custodial and non-custodial Bitcoin wallets. Twitter gives Strike, Blue Wallet and Wallet of Satoshi as examples of custodial wallets and Moon, Breeze, Phoenix and Zap as examples of non-custodial wallets. Twitter also informs users that a Strike account is required we use Strike to generate Bitcoin Lightning invoices, so you'll need to connect your account to accept Bitcoin tips. Twitter also appears to be working on Cheer, Haha, 
hmm, sad, and like reactions to tweets. It's turned into Facebook. Holy crap. That users will be able to activate using a press and hold gesture like the current like button. Bitcoin support for tips is limited in the Twitter beta at this time. It's not available for all tip users. So it's not clear when Bitcoin feature will see an official release. And there's also no word yet on when the new reactions will launch. Well, I mean, Facebook uses apps and hashes now, so why not, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cross mojinate all uh, the things. I had a uh, story I wasn't going to do, but as soon as you did that Twitter one, just had a, f- a secondary Twitter one. Um, Twitter creates a safety mode to temporarily block accounts caught insulting users. Twitter is rolling a new feature called safety mode that temporarily blocks certain accounts for seven days if they found insulting users repeatedly sending hateful remarks. The feature will only be available in a small group of English languages. <laughs> to a small people with other languages, languages don't attack people. No. They're all too nice. Uh, on iOS, Android, and Twitter.com, the company explained uh, users will be blocked if they're sending repetitive and un... That's supposed to be uninvited. I'm sure it's supposed <laughs> to be a V instead of an F, but anyway. Uninvited? <laughs> uninvited. <laughs> Replies or mentions, according to Twitter, uh, senior product manager. Uh, when the feature is turned on in your settings, our system will access the likelihood of a negative engagement by considering both the tweet's content and the relationship between a Twitter, between a tweet author and a replier. Our technology uses existing relationships, so accounts you follow frequently interact will not be auto-blocked. So, yeah, so speaking of Facebook and Twitter merging, <laughs> it's, uh, they're, they're becoming one and the same closer and closer, aren't they? So that means you can still sledge your friends as much as you want to, just not people who are not your friends. I would also imagine there'd be some form. I, there's They haven't really... Oh, yeah, there you go. You can, you can also manually flag a tweet. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Well, they wouldn't know that you're a friend of mine on Twitter because you don't tweet anything, so I don't talk to you on Twitter. <laughs> no, but... <laughs> so that means I can sledge you, but then I'd get blocked. No, yeah. hang on, that's not good. But I then, have to be nice to you on Twitter. But then, well, they take into consideration that, you know, been following each other for X amount of years, you know, so yep. that'd be part of it. But as I said, like, there's a manual flag as well, so I'm assuming if there's a manual flag, there'd be a manual override okay. saying yeah. that, hey, no, that's actually okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh yeah there we go users can yeah it, it does work both ways yeah so you can manually flag a tweet or you can either party can manually request a review how about they have a wait list so you can wait list the people <laughs> you don't want to ever get blocked for harassing you yeah one thing at a time <laughs> Safety mode is one is another step in the right direction towards making Twitter a safe place to participate in public yep. conversations. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see, but yeah, I mean, see if it's as flaky as Facebook's. Yeah, that might accidentally shadow ban someone or jail them randomly for like thirty days. Yeah, regularly. <sighs> <laughs> I've still, so cool. I still think I've still got like six or seven days left on that band yet. Jeez. <laughs> they threatened me with another band the other day. I'm like, how can I be banned? I haven't. They went back and it was like from like August last year. You posted this. And I'm like, and? 
the last post, the last two bands I've been done have been stuff that's more than six months old. Jeez, they're a bit slow. <laughs> Who's going through all your stuff? And oh, I'm sure there's people reporting me because you know that's what they do. Yeah, nothing better to do. The people don't like being told they're wrong, especially when they're wrong. <laughs> the more wrong they are, the more they don't like being told they're wrong. Yeah, funny that. Mm. The so-called flubot scam is mutating, with Australia's peak competition watchdog warning the con is changing appearances. The flubot scam sees Android phone users send SMS messages from an unrecognised number, appearing to notify of a missed call or voicemail. Now, there are reports this is going to iPhone users as well, but the um, hacks don't work on them, so it's not so much of a problem, just annoying messages coming in. Included in the text is a link that, when clicked, enables scammers to download a malware app onto the phone. Well, you also have to have sideloading enabled, I think, for that one, so you don't have that specifically turned on. It's turned off by default, but you still get the annoying messages. However, Australians, the ACCC is warning the scam is now imitating parcel deliveries. We're receiving reports of texts like these saying a parcel is being delivered or in transit and containing PHP link. The ACCC scam watch page tweeted, delete these messages and don't click on links. If you want to check a delivery, use the confirmation email from the business. Cybersecurity experts warn the malware could do serious damage to the phones that are infected. It'll be able to do a whole lot of damage to your phone, everything from stealing your bank accounts, your passwords, and then it will spread via SMS to your friends or other numbers. Experts say the scam could be making footholds due to the pandemic with victims believing the voicemail could be test results. Now, I see a minimum of one a day of these, and I have anti-scam stuff on my phone, but... As we've talked before, um, if it hasn't been reported yet by anyone, then the, the software doesn't know that it's a scam, so you still get it anyway. Don't click on the links, especially if you're not expecting something to be delivered and it says you've got something delivered. It's like, oh, well, it's like those emails that they send out saying you've won $50,000 and you've never joined the lotto or anything, but you still fall for it. That's all yours, is it? These are all, and they're all auto-blocked by the Xiaomi. I haven't had one go through. Oh, that's good. I've got to actually go into the spam folder to see them. Look for it. Yeah. <laughs> Which I do occasionally, just to make sure it hasn't blocked something that I don't, you know. Yeah, yeah. But not, it's, so far, I have to admit, it's got every, every text message and all bar probably, I don't know, maybe half a dozen phone calls in the last you know 18 months two years geez they're doing much better than <laughs> samsung then i get them calls and them all the time i put my calls under so strict i think i probably missed some real calls even if we're gonna have a look in my call spam i'm looking here for a while where are we uh so if you didn't deliver uh, order anything online and it says you've got a delivery coming probably don't believe it Unless you know who's supposed to be sending and you call them on a different number, not the one that you get a message from. Also, the numbers are most likely spoofed. So if you block them specifically manually, they'll just generate a new number and send it from there. So you need the software like Will's got so that it'll auto detect what links and stuff are being sent. Blocked, spam, blocked, 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 spam, spam, blocked. Jeez. (laughs) And that was all in a couple of hours. Yeah. So much crap going through the Australian network. The telcos need to do something. Why? They don't care. 
<laughs> well, if they get enough pissed off customers, maybe something will happen. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, spam's only as effective as the people who are allowed to happen, though. Yeah, it's like email spam. Today, that's oh, why I have a job because people well, click on the dumb links. Actually, it's funny. Normally at work, we don't get we get very little spam. Like at work, it's maybe one or two a day that are kind of only spamish anyway because yep. they were previous, you know. Emails I've replied to at some point. But today, I got about 20 in in a matter of five minutes. Wow. Just a huge dump of spam come through all in one hit. Yep. I've never seen that before. It was so weird. Huh. And they're all semi-related. Like, they're all slightly different, but all fairly similar. Yep. Um, but yeah, it was just bizarre. I haven't seen, seen, seen spam for so long, and then just see a massive glut of them all in one hit. Do you have hosted email? Was it just through your C panel? Um, no, it's hosted. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and I got, but I even got a chunk of them through my Gmail today too. Jeez. Which is very unusual. Yeah. Let's um, see if I can find the ones I got. So look. My dad gets them all the time in his Gmail, and I didn't think that. They would show in the inbox, but nearly every day he gets junk stuff in there about Bitcoin or whatever. See, I'm just looking. I, I don't see them. See, normally I'll get one or two. Um, where are we? Normally I'll get one or two a day. Like looking at yep. the dates, you know, I get, I get, you know, two, three a day. Yep. But you look from here, from today, from two fifty-one. It's all within three o'clock. Oh, all that within, you know, an, an yeah. hour. <laughs> There's <laughs> 20 or 30 spam there. Wow. That's nuts. Uh, yeah, I don't really know what that was about. And they're all similar. They're all, unemployed re- all unemployment resources. Click here to claim your unemployment benefits. I just loaded up my Gmail spam folder. I've got... 10 spam messages since the start of August. <laughs> now, in my defense, a lot of these I've got four Gmail accounts all funneling into this one. All right. So yeah. <laughs> they're not necessarily all from here. They're luckily just hitting all yours when they auto-generate the two field. But what I don't get is this particular one I thought was a classic. It's coming from... William Tompkinson, oh, sorry, it's going, it's received, going to William Tompkinson at AOL.com. <laughs> Not even close. How did that find its way into a Gmail box? Because the others will be BCC, it's blind like, carbon copy, so it won't show yeah. up all the addresses. They'll just show the first one because AOL starts with an A. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. And then all the others will be BCC because you have to have a minimum of. Hmm? I thought it would show your address, though. Oh, okay. Not in a BCC because they don't want you to know. But it'll probably say in the headers somewhere, if you show all the headers, it'll say received for your email address at gmail.com. But yeah. Um, yeah, all the others will be BCC, so you don't know who they're being sent to. Fair enough. So, yeah. Tons of bitches. It's been a thing recently. Um, 
But they're coming. If you click on the like the link, the confirmation link to win your thing. Yep. They're using um, uh, S3 Amazon servers. Because oh. <laughs> they're s3.eu.west.1amazon.com. Yep. So they're using S3 servers from Amazon for spam. So I'm sure Amazon's going to be happy about that. We see so much of that every day at work. <laughs> so much Amazon spam. And a lot of other hosts, of course. I guess that's the downside to ha- having free... Uh, free tier. Free tier of, yeah, of things. you're gonna People are going to take advantage of it, aren't they? Yep. So. You can always tell when some new ESP has launched a free tier 14-day trial because they'll sign up for their <coughs> free 14 days. Probably with if you require a credit card, they'll have a fake one or a stolen one. Send out millions of spam emails, and if they get shut down, it doesn't matter because the emails are already gone. Yeah. If it don't get shut down, they got 14 days to keep on sending it, but we usually detect it pretty quickly, so... So ridiculous, mate. Mm. Um, whose go is it? <laughs> I lost count. That's <laughs> you. Okay, All right, I'm going to do this one just because I love the headline to this. <laughs> Completely yep. dumbass, but Google lustily mocks Apple. <laughs> you say what? I know, right? So basically, yeah. So basically, it's um. Oops, what have I done? Wrong button. Where's the stupid... So basically, yeah. Um, it's obviously new, the new Pixels come out. And I'll play this ad. and um, I, it's, it's, I have to admit it's actually not bad. I don't mind it. But I'll play it for you. It's and, funny. And yeah, you can make up your own mind. The circle. Perfect. Simple. Some might say simply Perfect. A complete set of points, all equidistant from a single point on one plane. Geometry. No beginning. No end. No end to the beginning. So round. So circular, if you will. Little known fact, the Latin word for circle is circus. Circus. Isn't that delightful? And that delight inspired us to reimagine the circle for the new Google Pixel 5a. Precisely 3.5 millimeters in diameter, forged and machined from the finest premium grade copper and iron. Housed in a unibody of die-cast aluminium. Fancy pronunciation. Engineered for optimal haptic feedback to deliver the satisfying feeling of click. A circle, yes, but also a hole. Tiny black hole with the gravitational pull of a trillion collapsed stars. Approximately. Capable of transporting us to fantastic alternative oral dimensions. Designed to welcome both 1/8 inch 3-pole TRS and 4-pole TRRS connections. A glorious achievement that draws from our past as it propels us into the future. Yes, it's a headphone jack. With the Google Pixel 5a with 5G, the circle has finally come full circle. <laughs> oh dear. So yeah, so basically they're obviously taking a, a punt at Apple there. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, it's it's funny. It's, I just thought that like there's so many things on a phone you could focus on. Yeah, <laughs> but to make a nearly a two minute ad just from a <laughs> any phone jack. It's an Apple <laughs> thing to do, isn't it? <laughs> so we've made it perfection. Yeah, it's a never ending circle. But it was funny because the Pixel Two didn't have a jack in it either. Oh, all so right. The original one did. Yep. Um, the like, and then they they haven't had them again right up until so obviously the brand new one's going to have it again. So <laughs> yeah, it's uh. <clears throat> so I just I just yeah I just found that really quite funny that like you could brag about the specs you could brag about the screen quality the cameras the os the it, but no it's got to be the circle <laughs> the circle yeah. I'm gonna, that's what I'm gonna i was do. thinking at first it's like some thumbprint reader or something yeah. when they're talking about a circle but my phone's got a circle yeah <laughs> same with the new thing my phone's mine's got, got a, circle a oh, yours, doesn't mine doesn't <laughs> mine does mine's got a circle mine's got a circle and an oval <laughs> Mine, you get an adapter with it. Does that count? Yeah, the USB, uh, USB to, yeah. USB C. The only thing they're good for is snapping off inside the head, inside the socket, and never being able to be used again. I expect so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Microsoft is announcing that Windows 11 will be released on October the fifth. A new operating system will be available as a free upgrade for eligible Windows 10 PCs or a new hardware that ships with Windows 11 preloaded. The free upgrade to Windows 11 will start rolling out on October 5, but like many Windows upgrades in the past, it will be available in phases. New eligible devices will be offered the upgrade first, and then Windows 11 will become available for more in-market devices in the weeks and months following October 5. Following the tremendous learning, learnings from Windows 10, we want to make sure we are providing you with the best possible experience, explains the general manager of window marketing at Microsoft. We expect all eligible devices to be offered a free upgrade to Windows 11 by mid-2022. On existing Windows 10 pieces, Windows Update will let people know when the upgrade is available for Windows 11. You can also check to see if your device is eligible for Windows 11 upgrade through Windows Update or Microsoft's dedicated PC Health Check app. While Windows 11 will be launching on October 5th, not all of the announced features will be available. Microsoft is bringing Android apps to Windows 11 in partnership with Amazon and Intel, but this feature won't be available at the time. A preview of Android's apps on Windows 11 will be available for Windows Insiders in the coming months, suggesting they likely won't launch to all until 22. Microsoft clarified its minimum system requirements for Windows 11 last week, but also revealing a workaround for those who don't meet them. You can install Windows 11 on any hardware using an ISO method, as long as the PC has a 64-bit 1 gigahertz processor with two or more cores, 4 gig of RAM, 64 gig of storage, and a TPM 1.2 chip, which... Nothing does. Nothing does. <laughs> but if you use the workaround, your PC will be in an unsupported state. This means an unsupported Windows 11 PC might not get access to Windows updates and even security patches. There's your workaround, Mr. T. You never want to get Windows updates. So if you exactly. put a TPM 1.2 chip in there, it won't ever upgrade you. <laughs> 
If your PC isn't fully compatible with Windows 11, Microsoft is still supporting Windows 10 until October 14, 2025. It's not clear how many major updates Microsoft will release for Windows 10 over the next four years, though. A 21H2 update is arriving for Windows 10 users later this year that includes GPU compute support for Windows subsystem for Linux, Windows Hello improvements, and WPA3 H2E Wi-Fi security support. So what it really means is unless you have a TPM secure 2.0 chip, probably won't be getting Windows 11. Which you, and you won't. Almost the, guaranteed to not have one. Yeah. You're almost guaranteed not to have it in Australia. In yeah. America, a lot of the newer PCs have had TPM 2.0. Some older ones have had 1.2 because they sort of made a standard over there. But uh, my computer... I only bought earlier this year and it doesn't have the TPM module at all. No. And the company I got it from said, we don't know any computers that in Australia that have ever had it. We can probably special order a chip in for you, but it'll come from overseas and take a while to get here and probably be expensive. Yeah, that's it. And it's the same. I was looking through some um, some of the new boards and that have just come out and they don't have them either. No. I was looking I'm like, why suddenly has this become a thing? The irony of it is, if you use, uh, apparently, Windows 11 runs really, really well on new Macs using Parallels. <laughs> <laughs> they said it's, uh, I, was, I, was reading a doc, I was reading a story on it earlier, they're saying it runs amazingly well, super fast, super reliable, um, oh, super wow. stable, you just set it up through Parallels, tell it that you've got a TPM too, even though you don't, and uh, it works perfectly fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, there you go, so apparently there's a new operating system for a Mac coming out soon. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Anyone with a Mac will be happy. I don't think I'll be sticking it on my MacBook Air, though. Probably not on Air, no. It's probably not a good idea. No. <laughs> what about these things going along up here? Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so you can uh, check us out at patreon.com slash Aussietechheads or ko-fi.com. Um, you can do um, PayPal or... Uh, you can just give us money. You can send us, you know, Christmas cards. You can do whatever you like. Um, basically, it's uh, <clears throat> the we're on, un, you know, unsponsored, un, um, unmonetized on YouTube, and uh, we do appreciate the few bucks that people throw us here and there, and uh, it does make a difference at the end of the day. It helps us keep things somewhat running smoothly. Makes us turn up each week. At least smoother than if it wasn't. Yep. <laughs> so, it uh, it does help, guys. So, yeah, and of course, too, um, don't forget you can contact us normally and just to have a chat and say good day and ask us questions and send us ideas and yep. all that sort of stuff as well. So, don't be afraid to say hi. Um, so, just quickly, I've got to couple of quickies just to get out of the way because everyone loves a good quickie yeah linux turns 30 um it's the 30th anniversary of the linux kernel and while linus travaldus um who obviously invent was well i guess the took the lead role in inventing it yep uh has pointed out that those working on the open source system still have plenty of work to left ahead of them um, most people outside the tech industry are unaware that Linux has reached such a milestone even though the project has huge impact on everything from smartphones to cloud computing 
Duvalis poked fun at the lack of recognition. His usual Sunday release notes for new stable version of the Linux kernel. Um, so, yeah, he may, it's a habit with him that every Sunday night, so they trial it during the week. They they do up an unstable release. They test it through the week, sort of the bugs, and then on Sundays they release them. So he does release notes with that. So his last last one they put in last week. So you realise. Um, so I realise you must all still be busy with all the ga- the galas and fancy balls and all the other 30th anniversary events. But at some point you must be getting tired of the cons- constant glitz, the fireworks and the champagne, he said. That ball gown and tailcoat isn't the most comfortable thing either. The celebrations will go on for a few more weeks yet, but you may all just need a breather from then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but... Um, Happy birthday. Yeah, pretty much. Just said obviously they you know, they just keep on keeping on. They've got plenty more um plenty more ideas they're trying to push through, so it is very it is starting to get to the point where you can start to call it a mature operating system in terms of its function and form. Yeah, yeah. even desktop. Yeah, that's the the, the biggest killer's been the, the the ability of the average Joe Blow to jump onto Linux and do something with it. Yeah. That's always been its its downfall. But it's getting more and more user friendly, and especially in unexpected places like IoT, the Internet of Things stuff, where you you don't necessarily need a GUI. It, it can, a lot of it can be running in the background, whether it's a um, Octoprint print server, whether it's a you know IP um, camera, IP cameras, whether it's you know uh, Wi-Fi extenders, all this sort of stuff that you can TV. make you can make at home now. Um, whether it's a you know a Raspberry Pi or a Arduino or or whatever, um, yep. or a, a Pi. What's this one? What's this one? Oh, the yeah, the wire, wireless Pi, um, Arduinos and all sorts of or stuff. Embranic yep. retro device. That's it. They're all Linux. Yep. Yeah, and they're, they're really you know, it's not just that thing that geeks have on their computer anymore. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Used to have. You know, but Windows is going to be supporting Linux even better soon. Well, yeah, but, but natively support it, which is not ironic given the fact that it's based on Linux as well. So, and <laughs> let's face it, so is Mac OS. I mean, it, it's based on yep. Linux as well. They all are. It, well, Unix, I suppose. Yep. But um, yeah, so keep an eye out for things happening in the Linux in the Linux uh, cloud in the next couple of years. Sounds good. Um, another quick one is um, speaking of Linux. <clears throat> so there was a, a lawsuit twenty uh, yeah twenty years ago. Uh, it was SCO versus IBM. Um, so it was basically the um, I'm trying to think of a way to shorten it. The U.S. bankruptcy court for the District of Delaware which has been overseeing the announcement for the last 20 years, they've finally come to a settlement of sorts. Um, so, the this, this because it involved IBM um, and Linux as sort of mainstream players, but at the same time it's always been sort of in the background and it's always had the potential to, to damage the reputation of either of these companies. Um, it's sort of something you really need to, to look into to 
be aware. It's not, not something I can explain in 30 seconds. But they, um, under the settlement agreement, uh, parties have agreed to resolve all disputes between them for a payment to the trustee, TLD, uh, on behalf of the estate, which is IBM, for $14.5 million. Well. <laughs> so after 20 years ago, after 20 years has, has passed, yep. um, <laughs> they've decided that $14.5 million is a good number to, to just quiet, Make go away. Quiet, quieten everybody down. <laughs> Given that the original... Uh, the original jury found damages sustained as a result of IBM's conduct um, to award Linux, uh, sorry, to award SEO uh, $5 million. So originally, yeah, 20 years ago, it was a $5 million payout and, and we're done with it. <laughs> now they said no. And they said no, so now it's $14.5 million. <laughs> so... It's just funny that that I, when I started getting into tech pretty heavy, this was a fairly big thing for me. Yeah, uh, it was right around the time I started to get involved into the commercial aspects of of Linux and IBM and and that sort of stuff. Oh, and right. basically, just as this happened, more or less. Yep. So, and I had forgotten about it. for the last like nineteen years. I'd completely forgotten this was even a thing. Yeah. I saw it pop up in the headlines like, wow, really? Like, that's still a thing that's going on? <laughs> so, it, it's a bit of tech history if you go back and... It was all to do with Red Hat and IBM acquired Red Hat and then they were trying to make it part of their OS that they you'd pay for because but you can't pay for Linux but because they developed it, they paid the developers even though they didn't because they bought it and... <laughs> <laughs> big mess yeah it really, really it 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 killed red hat it really did like red hat was becoming one of the most predominant um linux versions at the time yeah they went all enterprise and then brought out fedora for the end users yeah and this this lawsuit all but killed off red hat um yeah which is a pity because I think it's still around. Obviously, Fedora's still around, and yep. I think Red Hat is still around, but it doesn't. It it really got screwed over. I see CentOS more around for servers. Yeah. Yep. Well, there's a you know, classic example of just a. Uh, it's an older OS as well. It's probably twenty year old now. Yep. But it's just bulletproof. Yep. You just don't don't. It's just rock solid, which is what you want on a server. You just something to sit there and deal with have minor caching issues or minor memory issues or minor minor hard drive issues and it just figures out how to work around it yep <laughs> yeah, that's what you want now for my last one i'll spring on mr t i'll get you to go to recharged.atari.com a new version of the classic Atari game Centipede will be released for consoles and PCs in late September under the name Centipede Recharged and sporting a more futuristic look. Driving the news, the game's lead developer, Adam Nickerson, first partnered with Atari for last year's Missile Command Recharged, which revamped another classic in a similar style. Nickerson says that he first connected with Atari after discovering an email in his spam folder from an Atari official who liked his work. Atari showed him a list of franchises they had the rights to, 
he went with Missile Command first because he was used to be obsessed with it. And as for Centipede, he says, I love the arcade game and wanted to just play it in the way I remembered it, but add some cool power-ups and modern touches to maybe make another generation care about it. So, yeah. It's, uh... <clears throat> oh, come on, stop. Yeah, I noticed that. There's, there's Missile Command. There's a few. Where did I see them? They're, just They're like places. neon stuff. Yeah, they've gone full, uh... Full retro with the with the color scheme, that's for sure. Yeah. Um. Let's see if this will do it. Yeah. It's, uh, very Tron. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that is really really intense, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> they didn't mess around with those colors. Have a look at the centipede one. You get your achievements and stuff through Xbox um, and PlayStation. It's coming to Xbox Series X and S, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4 and 5, on Steam, on Epic Games, and also Atari VCS. Which looks like that. Yep. Very, very uh, 2600 um, original yeah. console. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That looks cool. Centipede. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that nuts? That's nothing like I remember it. <laughs> Reminds you of Space Invaders Infinity on the iPhone. Yeah, it yeah. <laughs> it's got co op too. Different? Different. And different. Mu original music by award winning uh, video game composer, music producer, and vocalist Megan McDuffie. Mm. There'll be something to keep an eye out for. Might nearly yeah. be. I can't buy everything though. I'm just like, oh, that's another console <laughs> I'll buy, but I won't. no, I won't. No. The Atari <laughs> VCS is a bit of a disappointment. The Amico from Intellivision looks interesting, but I've got a PlayStation 4 out in the lounge that I only use for Media Center, so and I've got two Game Boys and a retro Game Boy device that I don't wear use a lot, so... This is the I thing, isn't it? Like, but <laughs> yeah, when I, would I use it? It's like, I'm the same. I got, you know... I just find I end up doing 90% of the gaming on my computer. Like It's there. It works. Yeah. It's easy. I even got the VR headset in there, but having to plug that in and configure it, stick it on my head, and then in summer you're sweating buckets and stuff. So I just end up with the flat screens and playing normal game. If you want to emulate something, you can on your desktop. It's already there. Mm. I think that's that's what it comes down to. You know, like you could have. I mean, and if I was going to do it that way, I would buy old school retro original consoles i wouldn't buy the rare releases yeah yep. uh i've learned my lesson with those yeah so if i was going to go to the trouble of doing it then yeah but i'd do it properly yeah so I don't know. um just quickly services australia defends use of excel in rectifying robo debt errors <sighs> a senate committee probing Centrelink's retro debt scheme heard spreadsheets were used to perform task services 
Australia's computer systems could not. Again. <laughs> Why Excel for your database? Uh, I don't. Excel is not a database. The use of Excel spreadsheets was part of the process of disaggregating. Wow. That's, <laughs> is that a word? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> the use of Excel spreadsheets was part of the process of disaggregating what we would call mismatched errors records and multiple debts were then necessary to conduct some detailed analysis where a customer had multiple assessments against their record and we needed to identify the correct one to apply back into the customer's record on our main system in order to correctly assess whether a debt included averaging income information or not. I don't think you have a clue what you're talking about. No. None of that sounded like that was words. That's why they end up <laughs> chasing after people who don't owe any money and threaten them to with jail. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's obviously broken. If you're a multi-billionaire and they give you some money, you don't have to pay it back and they don't care, but... If you're a normal person, they give you money you're supposed to have, then they try and get it back. Man, what a horrible setup. Um, anyway, and something new out of Vodafone. Oh. Vodafone has unveiled its Ultra Plus plan. Provide customers with unlimited data at maximum speed. It's $85 a month. Covers LTE and 5G. Um, now, you can tether with it, but it will... So your two choices, you can add a 30 gig tether to that, which will run at full speed, or you can use it tethered and it'll drop it to two meg tethered, which I don't understand the point of, but anyway, yep. um, I would say you can get it with handset or SIM only. Um, there's no limit on the amount of data a customer can use. Um, Use it so, for your home internet connection if you can't get good MBN, I guess. Well, I think that's why they're, that's why they're slowing the tethering down, so yep. people don't do that. Um, but yeah, basically, so if you if you do want to have unlimited internet, um, and even if you are tethering it when you're out and about in your you know your car stereo or your laptop or whatever, they're even two megs fine for that. So it's what you're going to be doing with that. Yeah, um, Spotify. Yeah, I mean that's fast enough for radio and. Whatever. But that's the thing, like if you've got a head deck like I've got a head deck in my car that I could put a I could put um a SIM card in. Yep. And do a lot more features that way. I I just tether it to my phone, but you could certainly use it for something like that. Yeah. Or kids have got a tablet who, you know, you go out and about and you wanna keep them connected, so but yeah, eighty five bucks a month for unlimited unlimited data. Not not horrible. Yeah, not too bad at all. Thanks for listening to the Aussie Tech Head Show. We can be found at Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Patreon, and Coffee. Email us, Will or Warlock, at aussietechheads.com.au and go to aussietechradio.com, 24-7 playback of tech-related shows. See you next time. Bye.